Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another podcast of the Businessology Show. This is Jason Blummer. Of course, our firm is the sponsor of our own podcast, Blummer CPAs, and we help digital agencies all across the U.S., um, you know, take care of their financial um, platforms and flows and all the things that they do. And of course, we do growth-related services, too, for those agencies helping them to grow their companies. Um, and it's really cool. We're going to talk about service-based uh, growth and selling today. So I'm thankful to have Steve Gordon, founder of his own company, that an engineering company, and now he does this for other people, uh, has Unstoppable CEO podcast and books and things like that. So Steve, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. We appreciate it. Hey, Jason, I'm excited to be here. You, you guys are doing a great job with the show and uh, really appreciate all that you're sharing with everyone. Yeah, very cool. Well, we're going to talk about, you know, how to actually use and leverage podcasts. Uh, That's something you do for your clients. Um, But real quick, just your story is running your own engineering firm and now you do it for other people. What's a what's a really quick uh, background on you? Yeah, so I I, uh, I got a, a, a technical degree in college at, and uh, in a really narrow niche in engineering called geomatics. Oh wow! Which <laughs> most people have probably never heard of. Um, but um, I went to work for a, a small consulting firm. I was the tenth employee there. Um, and four years later, the 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 founder of that firm asked me to take over as CEO. And, wow. And, um, it was just a fantastic experience and, and, uh, you know, he was a, a great mentor. Um, and so I got the opportunity to run that business ultimately, you know, buy that business and, and, uh, and, and grow it and, and really learned a lot about how you sell professional services, how you sell something that people may not sit back and, you know, wake up in the morning and say, I really want that. Like they might say to the next new iPhone, right? Yep. But they need it. It's got it. It's, it's something that's necessary in their lives. And how do you get them excited enough about it to want to pay you? And, and how do you position yourself so that you're able to get, you know, premium fees and, and uh, get the clients that you want and do the work that you want. And so um, had the opportunity to, uh, to then go off and start a, a second business uh, eight years ago, working with really doing the part of, of, of that first role that I really loved, which was mm-hmm. the, the sales and marketing side of it. Mm-hmm. And now we work with other professional service firms to kind of help them navigate those waters because the, the thing that most of, of us in professional services have in common is that, that we went into whatever field that we we're in because we really were fascinated by that. Oh yeah. And then we get out of college or we get our, our license or our degree or whatever. And now we're going and practicing. Yeah. And, that's different. We have to get clients. That's oh, right. wait, if I'm going to eat this week, yeah, that's right. drive the Mercedes that, that uh, I thought I was going to drive at this stage of the career, <laughs> I've got to go sell something. And, uh, and that's quite a shock to the system to a lot of folks. And a lot of folks in professional services are just, frankly, they'll, they'll tell you they're uncomfortable yeah. with sales and marketing. And so yeah. we, we kind of exist to, to make it easy for them because we, we've, kind of gone down that road before and figured out a few things. Yeah. And I guess you, I guess in the engineering firm that you own, you did it wrong, I guess, is how you learned how to do it right. Is that true? We did it wrong first and then we <laughs> did it right. Uh, yeah. I'll never forget. I mean, the most, I, and I, I hate almost sharing this because it's really embarrassing. <laughs> 
So the, the first big marketing thing that we did, we hired an advertising agency. And this is back in the 90s. I mean, the internet really wasn't a, a place yeah. to market. This is so long ago. Yeah. And they said, you know, you need to be, we're based in Florida. You need to run ads in Florida Trend Magazine, which is sort of like the state's business magazine. Nice. And uh, the, the amount to do that for a year of full page ads was $50,000. And I had to sign <laughs> a personal guarantee nice. for wow. the firm. For that with the magazine and we paid it and we got, uh, you want to guess how many leads we got? (laughs) How many? Two? No. No, no. There weren't that many. No, (laughs) zero. Oh, no No way, dude. That's bad, man. That's really bad. That's bad, dude. um, I quickly learned that um, I could delegate all the marketing that, that I had to have some knowledge of it so that I knew when somebody was giving me a really bad idea. Mm, okay. Well, that that's that's interesting because a lot of service-based companies and there's a lot of pitches out there on the internet to say, "Hey, we'll we'll take it over for you. You know, let us vet your leads." I think you're saying, "No, you're going to have to be involved in this." So maybe just tell us high level, you know, for service-based companies, which digital agencies listen to the Businessology show, so they're service-based companies, and you know, it's which basically means it's humans selling knowledge to humans, right? So there's just some kind of selling factor, but just educate us a little bit, like what's the difference between referrals, you know, networking, marketing, um, I don't know, funnels, people, people do that. What are the differences between all those things? Well, I mean, there's some practical differences, but I don't, I, I think those are relatively clear. I think that the, the question when, as a business owner, you're looking at all of those different things. And I, I think we're, we're living in a time when marketing a business is more confusing than it's ever been mm. because there are so many different ways to do it. I mean, there's another social media platform popping up seemingly all the time yeah. and with the existing ones. So like Facebook ads are a big thing where everybody's saying that's the answer for everyone. Yeah. Um, it changes so rapidly. So it's very hard as a business owner, unless you're a professional marketer, to really understand what do I need to do? Like which one of these is going to work? And um, I always say this on, on the webinars that we do, I'll tell you the big secret. They probably, you know, they're probably going to take away my, my uh, you know, certified marketers card at the next (laughs) chapter meeting. If I say this, but virtually every method that you could think of to market your business will work. Mm given the right circumstances. Mm. Um, and, and what most people do is they dabble. And, and I'm going to get to the answer of your question, but I think this is important. What, mo- what we see most business owners doing is they'll try a little bit of this That's and they'll true. try a little bit of that. And, and if they don't get an immediate hit uh, or right. if they don't get 100% success, right. okay. they quickly abandon and they go to the next thing. And And the big problem with that is you never get to mastery with anything and you never get to consistency with anything. Mm. So you almost, when I talk to those people, they never see the results. So, um, and it's important to move out of that. And so now bringing that into all these different ways that you get business. Okay. Referrals for, we work with a lot of agencies um, and, and it's so interesting when we were working with an agency who is really super skilled at maybe running ads or something for a a particular type of industry that are their clients. And then when it comes to their own marketing, they're, they're all tied up in knots about it. Oh man. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And it's totally different. So most of them are getting most of their business through referrals, but the thing that they don't have is, is generally any system or process or method for 
getting those referrals. And so there's no inconsistency. There's these big spikes up and down. And so from a high level, that's most people's experience of referrals. And so they say, well, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like the up and down. I want something more predictable. And so then they go over and the promise of a funnel is that, it, well, this is just math. Right. right. Put a hundred people in the top, you're going to get 10 people out the bottom. Right. And for product businesses that are selling relatively low ticket items, yeah. that's generally true. Okay. Because the decision-making process is, is pretty linear. Okay. Yeah. But when you're talking about selling a professional service where it's very complicated, each client's situation is very different and you're asking for a lot of money yeah. and a lot of trust. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's not a linear sales process. People bounce all around. And so this idea of a funnel where they'll go from an ad to a webinar, to a sales appointment, to a client doesn't always work out very well. And, um, and, and that's being sold a lot right now. And so yeah. I think, so those are the two things that I, that we see, you know, a lot of people are, are looking at and they see the, the two different worlds and and our approach is is a little bit different we think there's a middle ground where you can take the power of relationship which is really what drives referral and bring some system to it and bring some predictability to it okay and that's really where where we kind of live okay okay so well then tell us so what are okay so it sounds like you're saying service-based companies have to sell their services in different ways from other industries and maybe everybody does a product would a, a manufacturer would um, but what are what are some key ways service-based companies need to sell differently and specifically maybe we can focus on those high value things um, because the people who are listening um, agencies struggle too with the commoditization of their work right they come in and they sell logos for five hundred dollars a piece and they don't know how to run a business that way so then they sell the strategy of problem solving around design, digital design. And so that's a more high value ticket item. So, um, so they're struggling too with being commoditized, but also trying to sell these high ticket items. So how do service-based companies need to do it differently? Well, it's important to understand why it's different um, because that that's going to affect how you do it differently. So the reason that in our kinds of businesses that we have to sell differently is that we are simultaneously the owner, the CEO, mm-hmm. the sales team and the product. Right. Okay. You know, if you think about it, you're that all of sense. those things. And, and in any other business that those are all separate functions, typically, mm. uh, particularly the, the, the separation between the, the sales person and the product that delivers the value. Yeah. And so if we're in the business of selling advice, we have to be very careful about how we market and, and sell ourselves. Ultimately, that's what they're buying is they're buying us. They're buying this idea that, that we can help them. And, you know, you've got you've to kind of do this Clark Kent quick change in, in the phone booth <laughs> thing after you've, you know, you're the salesperson and you just sold them, you closed the client. Now you've got to go put on your trusted advisor suit yep, yep. and come back out and save the day. Yeah. And most of the time when we're selling our, our advice, our ideas, our knowledge, we're basically giving a prescription to the client. Mm-hmm, yep. And if they don't go fill that prescription, there's no value transferred. Right. 
Okay. So there's some sense of we can't control sometimes the value being delivered because the client owns a lot of the delivery of the value if they accept it and do what we say. Is that what you mean? Yeah. And they almost always have some level of control over that. And, and, and the key to getting them to go and implement that is trust. Okay. And, and okay, that's it. That you was, is that the magic right there? Well, it's the necessary component for the client to get value and how that kind of factors then into how you sell a service is that, that all your marketing and sales has to serve the creation of relationship and trust. And then those two are, are kind of closely linked. Okay. Uh, a lot of this, a lot of the stuff out there right now that's geared towards selling lower ticket products. Yeah. There's some trust involved there, but you know, if, if I go buy a, a even a $500 product and you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't work out. Yeah. I'm out $500, but I bet I can get a refund. Yeah. Number one. Yep. And if I can't get a refund, it's only 500 bucks. Right. Whereas if I engage with an agency for a year and that doesn't work out and I've invested $50,000, let's say, yep. um, that might dramatically impact my business. And so there's a, a different level of trust. And I think that's what's missing in a lot of the marketing that people do. And, and I think it's hard for, for most owners to really wrap their head around how do we do that in a way that scales? Like I get how to do it by networking and going to the chamber of commerce or going to the industry meeting yep. and, uh, you know, and kind of building it one-on-one. Well, how do I do that in a way that kind of expands my footprint and helps me grow the business? Yeah. So in a sense, it sounds like service-based companies, we're borrowing stuff from other industries, not knowing that it's really not built for us. Absolutely. Like we're, we're, we're like, Oh cool. That funnel, the funnel thing I saw worked when I bought this product and then we go do it. We're like, but we're not a product. We're actually, it's knowledge based. So this, this trust thing is key. And you're saying a lot of marketing tactics, service-based companies are using are not leveraging the trust piece. And is that what you mean when you say, uh, service-based companies need to learn how to pre-sell with authority, or is that kind of what you're talking about? Well, yeah, it, that's that's part of it, and, and and pre-selling really comes from the the idea that for most of us in in a service business, we don't want to be across the table, kind of having that. I even hate to call them sales meetings, but but yeah. having that sales meeting with a prospective client and having to convince them that they should hire us. Yeah. Because that makes us all feel a little bit uncomfortable because we're supposed to be this elevated, trusted advisor yeah. who's, you know, dispensing the advice. Well, unfortunately, because of commoditization, a lot of of, of agencies and, and other types of service businesses are 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 feeling as though they've got to do a lot of convincing. Okay. Okay. If if you're doing marketing well, prospects are showing up and they, we always tell our clients, there's, there's three purchases that a client makes before money changes hands. Okay. And the, the first purchase that they make, they buy into the idea that I have a problem and, and it's generally in the area that Jason can solve. Okay. Okay. So that's the first thing they got to buy into and believe. Then once they've got that, then they've got to buy into the fact that, okay, now I know I have this problem and I know it's kind of generally in, in the area that Jason can solve, but out of all of the, the other Jasons out there, Jason Blummer's my guy. Mm. Okay. Yeah. They got to, you ever, you ever have somebody in, in your, in your world, you go, that's my guy for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
they got to get to that point with you where they bought in and they, and they believe that you're the person for them, ideally before you're ever in a sales situation. Okay, you're the only person for them. Correct. And then the, the third buy, which is the one that comes at the very end, is that the solution that you then present to them, uh, they have to believe is, is the right solution given their, their circumstance. But that becomes a pretty easy sale if you've got the first two made. Okay. Pre-selling, so, so what most firms do is they try and make all three of those in like a 45-minute initial consultation. Okay. Okay. That's really hard to do. And, and that's why service companies say free consultation, right? That everybody puts that on their website or a lot well, of people sure. do. Yeah. And, and the problem is that, that the real work needs to happen before the free consultation and you can call it whatever you want, but it needs to happen before you're across the table from that potential client. Okay. That's what pre-selling is all about. You want them to understand that they have a problem and that you're someone that can solve it. And you want to get them to the point where they say, you're my guy. Okay, and you're saying a 45-minute free consultation, you just can't build trust from the beginning to the end of that 45-minute session. That's not where trust is built. You, you're you going to end up, if, if you're getting them cold and you haven't really laid the groundwork before that conversation, you're going to end up having to do a lot of convincing, which is going to make you feel like you're being a used car salesperson. Yeah, like sleazy, them, right. Yeah, you're, you're going to show up and you've got your deck, you know, your slide deck. And, right. This is what's so great about us. Well, really, you're, you're there in that consultation to, to do one very simple thing, to understand the specific transformation that that client wants to go through and to understand if you're a fit to deliver that transformation for them. And, and, and that's where, you know, when everybody gets uncomfortable about selling, it's usually because they're talking way too much about themselves because they haven't done the work ahead of time to prep that prospect. Okay. That makes sense. And so I think the things you're talking about are a free content given away, a PDF, fill out the email form or, or, or a podcast, some kind of giveaway content. Is that kind of where you're headed? Is that what builds content, that trust? Yeah. Content is great and it does build trust. Um, for, for many businesses, if you were just to say, let's go create content, we'll start a blog, we're going to do articles every week. Um, you know, you could do that and you could do that for years and never see any progress. Mm. Um, I, I take a much more practical approach to this, that for most businesses, you know who you want to do business with, or at least you know the type of business you, you, that you want to work with. Um, and, and I like to, to think about how can I reverse engineer a process that if I look at, at that other firms, that potential clients interests, what, what's in their interest, how can I align my interest, which is getting them as a client with what they're already interested in. Okay. And, uh, and from a marketing perspective, the, the thing that, that we found is the most direct and most effective way to do that is, is an interview. Now, Podcasts are a great technology to facilitate that, but this is not a new strategy. Right. Um, I have I have clients that I have a client that that actually built a a, a mid seven figure consulting business back, you know, in the mid nineties by going around doing interviews, and then she put them in a book. Oh, cool! Yeah. Okay. Um, we used to do these, and before podcasts existed, and and record them on CDs and stick them in the mail. 
and <laughs> that's old school, man. It's old school, you know. <laughs> um, and and now we've got this great technology, which makes it easy. And right now, podcasts have a little bit of kind of cachet, at least oh, with yeah. the entrepreneurial community. And so the way that we use them is is to sit down with our clients and say, who are who are the centers of influence who could really, you know, if you were connected to their network, it would really advance your business. And who are the prospects that you think would be really a really good fit for you? And let's create a situation where they can promote their business and you can establish the relationship based on your first reach out is saying, hey, Jason, you know, I have this podcast and you're really expert at, you know, at helping professionals, particularly agencies, really get a handle on their financial situation, yeah. right? And I would love it if you'd come share some of your wisdom with everyone in my network. Would you be willing to invest 20 or 30 minutes with me to do that? Mm, yeah. Heck. And, you know, people always say yes to a podcast interview. I mean, of course. <laughs> it takes them like a nanosecond. Yeah. They're like, uh, heck yeah. You want me to be on your podcast? That's, uh, that's really cool. Now, but the, but, you know, people, so we've been doing podcasting for many, many years and it's, you know, people don't realize it's a job. You, you do it consistently. You book appointments. Somebody has to do it. You, you have to, it goes on your calendar. It's a, people lack a consistency. So, but it sounds like you're saying, no, 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 it's not only for the people who listen. It's for the guest you're interviewing. That's really the trust you're building is between you and that person. You know, it's actually the, the consumption side of it. The, in other words, the people listening to it yeah. are the least important piece. It's useful. And, wow. and we'll talk about where it fits in. Um, but for most businesses, you're not going to get, you know, 10,000 people listening per episode. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's okay because the relationships that you can start with the people that you're interviewing can totally transform your business. And that's where the, the first and real value is. And I have to remind our clients of this all the time because it's easy to get drawn into the vanity of, well, how many people downloaded right. it? How many Metric. people are listening and all that? Yeah. That's a great strategic byproduct of this process. But it's not the number one piece of value that comes out of it. That's very cool. We're man, we're kind of pulling back the curtain here on on podcasting, and but it's also true. And I know podcasting is very popular, and a lot of agencies are starting their own podcasts. I mean, mm-hmm. because they're they're smart people, and some of them do technical things, so they go real deep into technical things. But the thing is, podcasting is so popular, like any celebrity can start one, and now the market's glutted with podcasts that you know with people that are extremely well known. So now you're really a needle in a haystack, but you're saying that doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter at all. Um, because again, it's all about opening new relationships and, and opening deep relationships with the people that you're interviewing. Um, again, you're, if you focus those interviews around centers of influence, people that can refer you, what are they going to do with that interview? They're going to quickly turn around because you made them look like a rock star. (laughs) They're going to turn it around and share it with everybody that they know. Nice. Yeah. Okay. They're also now going to remember you forever as the person who interviewed them on the podcast because you might be the only one in their (laughs) lifetime that ever does it. That's right. So you're unique, right? That's very cool. And so are, are you helping people script their podcast or what to say? Or, or is it really more about who to interview? That's the, that's the target. 
Well, it, that, that's important as well. I mean, the, in, in terms of what you say, we try and simplify it. So what, what we have done, we used to, to advise our clients, hey, you should really go do this. This is a strategy that works really well. Um, and they go, yeah, that's a great idea. And then they come back, you know, three months later and say, well, I still haven't implemented that. And yep. we'd say, oh, you should really go do that. And they'd go back and three months later, nothing had happened still. And what, you know, after, after enough of that had gone on, we finally realized, hey, wait, there's a, there's a gap here between the average firm owner. They don't have the time. They probably right. don't have the technical skill or the team right. um, or the processes to, to put a podcast together. Cause it's, it's a fair amount of work. You need about four different types of people to yep. you know, put it together on the technical side. And, um, and they may not totally have the strategy. So what we finally said is, look, we have the process cause we, we run our own, uh, podcast. We've got the team. We've got everything. All you got to do is show up and talk. And so we kind of handle all of the back end of oh, that cool. help them on the the strategy to put it together. And um, and and for a professional service type business, this is one of the really unique um, one of the unique mediums in marketing. So you can write blog articles, and those are great, and they sort of show off your expertise to those yep. who read them. But when somebody listens to you on a podcast, like they're listening to us right now, yep. they get a sense of who you are. They get a sense of who I am. Yep. And what we know from the statistics, looking at, at the numbers, you know, tracking listenership is that oftentimes when someone finds a new podcast, they will binge listen. Yeah. Right. That's, so yep. now it, they feel like they really, they, you know, like I'm going to go, uh, as soon as we finish this, I'm about to get in the car and go on a, a five hour and maybe longer, depending on traffic in Atlanta, drive to Atlanta to a mastermind meeting. Nice. And um, I'm going to probably listen to podcasts all the way there. I'm probably going to catch up on some of the ones that I like. And I feel like I know those hosts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, you've been doing this longer than I have. So we're, we're at the end of two years for our podcast. Yeah. But I, I've had the experience. I went to an industry conference and had people walk up to me and talk to me as if We'd known each other for a long time. I'd never met them before. Yeah, and they they're like, oh, Steve, man, you're you know you're a celebrity. It's like there's there's some celebrity aspect to 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 hosting a podcast, and it's it is it's because they listen to you and they they let you talk in their ear while they're cutting grass or or whatever they're doing. Absolutely, and so you mentioned selling things at a at a, a higher fee level and, yeah. and kind of getting out of out of a commodity the thing that gets you out of that commodity most quickly is being seen as an authority and an expert at what you do. And, um, and we just haven't found any more accessible way for a regular business owner who doesn't want to be a professional marketer mm. to do that. You know, so if you're sitting there thinking, yeah, I know I got to be an authority and I got to write a book and all this stuff, that's daunting, right? But if all you have to do is show up twice a month and have a 45 minute conversation with, with somebody who could be a potential client yeah. and have a lot of fun, I don't know about you, Jason, but this is like the most fun thing I get to do in my week. <laughs> I know it's like, it's fun. It's not hard. It's, and you get to learn a bunch of stuff from, from some new person you've never met before, um, which is cool. So you're saying podcasting is really the entrance into now beginning to sell high value services because selling high value services is done by people who are recognized as experts. Is that how all that connects yeah, together? It, it's, it's the easiest way we've found to create the authority that you need to sell at a high level. 
Okay. And so w- would you say, all right, somebody starts a podcast, now they're going to sell high value services. Do they need to go raise their price? Like they're an expert now, they have to go increase their price. Is that the next step? Well, I, I, most of the time you need to raise your prices. That's just sort of a, a, a good blanket rule of thumb. Okay. Um, there's Always there's, do it. Well, most of the time we... Uh, pricing as a whole, I mean, we could have a you know multiple hour conversation on pricing, right? Oh yeah. Um, and there are a lot of different ways to to look at pricing, but by and large, with the the businesses that that we're looking at and working with, um, there's almost always room for them to raise their fees and raise their prices. Okay. Uh, it's just a matter of of really having the guts to do it or the confidence to do it, and and that comes from having a pipeline where you know that there's another client, you know, that come in, you've got appointments booked next week. So if the guy that you're talking to today doesn't say yes, that's okay. Most service businesses don't have that experience. Okay. And, and the other is having the authority to be able to say, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm in this part of, of the industry, like with what you're doing with your business for agencies. Is there anyone else in the country that's more focused on doing what you do with agencies? Mm. Well, I, I don't know because I, the only one I know of is, is, is your firm because yeah. you're the guys that are on the podcast and have been for five years. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, that's so cool. So, um, so you're saying just a blanket rule of thumb, raising your prices, people are all service-based businesses are already pricing themselves too low is basically what you're saying. So they're already there. But when you make a move to become an expert and a podcast is a way to do that, um, that's another reason to raise your price. Uh, And to raise a price means you need the courage to do it. And really a pipeline, that's an operational pipeline that makes you feel comfortable that, yeah, I can lose this one because I've always got more. Uh, That's a key to helping you maintain that courage, I guess, to raise your price. Absolutely. And, and that's the, you know, that's, that's the, the key. I, you know, I talked earlier about the need to kind of marry the, the relationship part that comes from referrals with the system part and the predictability part that comes from funnels. Yep. And, um, and when you can do that in, in our types of businesses, then you can get to a, a point where you can have that confidence. You know, I, um, I, I, I love the way that, our, you know, we, we eat our own dog food. And so yeah. I get these emails, you know, throughout the week that somebody's booked an appointment. Yeah. And every time I get one, I, I get this little like, okay, yeah, things are going to be great. You know, I don't have those 2 a.m. <laughs> worries like where's the next client coming from? Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and so you want to be looking for ways that you can marry the two where you're doing high relationship stuff. And a podcast is one way to do that. Um, you've also got to then convert people into appointments and we're big believers in using an educational presentation to do that. Whether you okay. do that live and in person or you do it through a webinar, yeah. um, there's, there's nothing like a presentation to really get somebody focused on the issue that they face and the potential solution that you can offer and then okay. give them a clear next step. Um, and, and, you know, when you couple those two things together, uh, you, you really can create a very robust and predictable system. And, um, you know, everybody talks about, you know, need, needing to do lead generation and you want to have this always on lead generation machine and, and, and that's where people come in with the Facebook ads and all that. And those are great things. Right? Yeah. 
They're certainly great things, but inexpensive things. <laughs> well, they can be, but but for a lot of agencies, that's not going to necessarily. That might be a great mm. thing for you to do for a client. Yeah, for their business, it's a fit. But but for what you're trying to sell, there might be a different and, and an easier way. And so a lot of times, what we'll coach our clients to do is, is take somebody that you've interviewed. Mm. Now that you've developed a relationship, but they're a center of influence. Come back to them and say, you know what? I was thinking about this, and I know all these people in your network. Um, they they probably are struggling with how they market and grow their business. Nice, you know. Um, I would I was wondering, would it be valuable for them, and would it make you look like a hero to them if we put together an informational presentation? Okay, and, you know, with a you, client. Okay, yeah, yeah, with either with client or with a center of influence, and they host that, and you know, you can. I mean, we've done them where we've had thousands of people on a webinar, but you don't need to if you've got 10 of the right people around a conference room for a lunch and learn. Yeah. You can make an awful lot of money doing one or two of those a month. Nice. Okay. Well, this is good stuff. Well, well, Steve, there's a whole bunch of stuff we could have gotten to about overcoming, you know, sales and some tactics to sales around service-based companies. But so we're out of time. So uh, people are probably going to want to find you and you got a lot of stuff. So what are some key places? And we'll put these in the show notes too, but what are some key places people can go find out about you, read more, learn more about you? Yeah, Jason, we, we've set up a, a page on our site just for your listeners. And so Very if cool. they'll go to unstoppableceo.net slash businessology. Very cool. Um, if you go there, that'll kind of get, give you a good entry point to, uh, to, some of the things that we offer. So we have a, a complete um, free course on how to pre-sell prospects and some of the things that you need to think about building into your, your marketing to get that pre-sold prospect. And, and you can go through that. It's, it's completely free. Uh, we have a, a presentation that we do on a regular basis that talks more about our approach to, to creating kind of that hybrid system where you're building the relationship and getting the predictability yep. of a funnel. We kind of walk you through um, and teach you the steps there. So we do a webinar on a regular basis and you can find that there. Um, and then if, if you, you know, you want to just schedule some time to talk, there's a link there where you can do that and would love to, to talk to any of your listeners and, and, and help them any way we can. Very cool. Well, cool. Well, thanks, Steve, for being on the podcast. And, and listeners, you know, we like to interview great people that really can teach us a lot about leading and running an agency. And we've learned that today. So if you think you're possibly a guest that you lead an agency uh, with a team, some kind of complexity to your business model, we're going to learn a lot from you. So there's a link in the show notes that you could fill out to maybe let us interview you too on the show. So Steve, thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate it, man. We'll, we'll check out all those links. Hey, Jason, this has been fun. Thanks you have. Thanks for having me.